right. Well, here we go again. Uh, chapter three, round three of our walk through my second book, Bring It. Hi, this is Pastor Quint, and you're listening to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. We are right in the middle of a six-week summer series, as I am calling it, on our uh, on my book, Bring It, which came out in 2017. Um, just to backtrack a little bit for you, um, when I originally envisioned this podcast, I had a lot of uh, plans and um, intentions to interview different people that I do ministry with, um, and and we did some of that at the beginning of the year, um, and then potentially even have some people in-house here at Erie First share their thoughts on working with the media team, working with the kids team, all these different things. And as I've said before in previous episodes, uh, COVID kind of sidelined those plans because it feels a little disingenuous to be discussing um, the best way to serve in kids ministry right now when there is no kids ministry and we don't 100% know what it'll look like when we resume. Uh, so we will get back to that programming when we get to the other side of this. But for now, I felt like the Lord led me to um, still continue the podcast and push out different content, um, but just to share maybe some things that are that would help you in your spiritual walk Um not just practical, how to serve best at your church type things or, or whatever the case may be, um, but just some some solid content that I'm proud of and, and excited about from my past. So I wrote uh, this book in, well, I released this book in 2017. I wrote it in uh, 2016 and, and part of 2017. Uh, this book is called Bring It, Finding Your Confidence in the One Who Created Confidence. You can find it on Amazon.com. Just search my name. Um, and you will find this book, my first book, Yield, a couple of devotionals that Pastor Nicole and I have written, and uh, a couple of kids' books, actually, because I have a lot of kids, and I can write a kid's book in about six minutes, and I have a friend who did some artwork for me. So anyways, that's just some, uh, some random information for you, but the premise of this book, if you're kind of picking this up in the middle, this book, Bring It, is really based on one verse from Psalm 138.8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me, forsake not the work of your hands. Or other translations say, finish what you started in me. <clears throat> and so this book, the, the concept behind this book, the leading that God had given me for it was, you need to write an entire book on this idea of, I will perfect whatever concerns someone, whatever situation someone is going through. And it felt like a very daunting task, but I feel like he gave me direction and I did my best to uh, follow along. So in chapter one, we talked about uh, this idea of sovereign strong. God is ultimately sovereign. Uh, God oversees and has has control over everything. And when the world is spinning out of control, as 2020 has shown us, it can do. Um, God is in control and has us in mind and is working for a greater good and for a greater end, even in the chaos uh, in this fallen world that we live in. Um, and then last week, we talked about this idea of boundaries. So once we, when we grasp um, the sovereignty of God, when we do our best to grasp it, um, then we come into relationship with Jesus Christ and we're working to grow in that relationship. And as we grow in that relationship, the boundaries of that relationship expand. And because of that, the boundaries of our role in the kingdom expand. Okay? And so for that last week, we had a guest, Pastor Adam Blazik, and he is back this week for chapter three. 
Glad to be here, my man. So uh, this is awesome, and I appreciate you doing this, um, yeah, yeah. Adam. This is going to be really good. So today, what we're going to talk about is chapter three. It's called A Finished Product. And it's this idea, um, we're, we're still in that verse of Psalm 138.8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me, forsake not the work of your hands, or as I said, finish what you started in me. So God, when God created the world, he had you in mind. Mm. Okay, the Bible tells us that from the beginning of time, he had you in mind. Ephesians 1 says um, that he had you in mind at the creation of all things to be made whole and holy by his love, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he had you in mind, that means he had a finished product for you in mind. And when you know that, when you when you come to uh, believe that and understand that, then you have the opportunity to trust his leading in your life to be restored to that finished product, mm -hmm. right? So that is really what we're talking about is that this belief, it starts with that, right? This belief that God has a finished product in mind and then our opportunity, our ability to pursue whatever that finished product is and trust him to do it. So Adam, any thoughts on that? Uh, obviously, big concept, big mm -hmm. topic. But what's what are the things that popped into your heart as you were kind of preparing for this? Yeah, I think um, what we agree to shapes everything in our reality. Um, and obviously, we have much we can agree to in the Word of God. He gives it to us clearly. We don't have to make up who God is, uh, what He wants out of us, what's good, what's bad what's going to happen in the future. Um, he pointed all that out in the Word of God. And so I think, man, what a beautiful thing uh, that our God loves us so much that he doesn't want to be hidden or mysterious that um, when Christ was revealed as Messiah, that the mysteries were gone. And in 1 Corinthians 2, it says that we have the mind of Christ, verse 16, and it says that we, the Spirit who searches God's heart knows all things and he reveals them to us so we can understand um, and then we can make our agreements and we can know, man, I can become who God wanted me to become, the finished product, uh, like you said. Yeah, that's that's so good and so true. I, I have a whole section in this chapter called, What Are Your Agreements? And I think this concept was really, uh, I will say, you'll be shocked to hear this, first presented to me uh, from John Eldridge hey. and this idea of... Um, if it's not John Eldridge, it's Mark Batterson, right? Like, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, ultimately, it's all Jesus. Um, right. But uh, this idea of agreements, what do we agree to? What agreements do we make in our heart? Because they do, they shape our reality. They determine how we live, um, our attitudes about what's happening to things around right. us, right? And so, you know, even just early on in this chapter, in discussing struggles and trials and problems and things, when you live under the agreement that God actually meant it in Romans 8, 28, that he works all things together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose, that doesn't mean he makes all things good. Mm -hmm. Some situations aren't good. We live in a fallen world, right? And so awful things happen, bad things happen. But what it does mean is that God is saying, I'm not going to let that be the end of the story. Mm. There is more to the story. And so we will, we together in our relationship, God and us will work towards a greater good when we have the agreement that that is who he says he is. The way I, I asked the question, what, how much easier would some of these struggles be 
if we surrendered to the fact and accepted the agreement that through Jesus Christ, they're not all useless. Struggles don't have to be useless, right? They can be redeemed for impact. They can be redeemed for growth. They can be redeemed. Some of the hardest times I've ever gone through in my life resulted in this book we're discussing right now, Mm -hmm. right? Because I chose to trust, I chose to live under the agreement that his plan was that it was going to be that there was going to be good at the end of it. Right. The situation wasn't good, but if I worked long enough, hard enough, and trusted enough, and and lived with him enough in union with him, good would come from it. Yeah. Right. It's it's interesting. I, th- I think it it would be um, beneficial for me to point out that whether you've heard the term agreements or not, um, or whether you even believe in that, uh, it's a reality, and it starts. W- when we're young, it starts in our childhood. It, it isn't, um, a lot of times we don't even know what we're agreeing to, but the way that we were raised, the the things that happened to us when we were younger, the things even that some people said, and sometimes even preachers and pastors misspeaking and misteaching, we come to these agreements about God, about ourself, about our destiny, about whatever, and we live in that reality, and so we live in, uh, many times we live in lies, and just because if I believe a lie, or if you believe a lie, it doesn't make it the truth. It's still a lie, but I'm just believing in it now. Sure, yeah. And yeah. what we get to, the, the beautiful thing about relationship with Jesus is we have the opportunity to come out of agreement with lies and enter into agreement with the truth. Me agreeing to the truth doesn't make it the truth. It already was. It already was. And it will be whether, always, you, yeah. whether you come under it or not. Yeah. But we yeah. have the opportunity. This is beautiful what God does for us. It's free will. He says, you, Adam, or you, listener, whoever you you get to make your decision on what world you want to live in. Am I a dictator? Am I angry at you? Am I harsh? Am I loving? Am I kind? Do I have your best interests in mind? We get to choose that. You get to choose that. And and it's a beautiful thing when we begin to agree with the truth. We break those agreements with the lies that Satan has sold us our whole life. We get born again. And like the scripture says says in Romans 12, 1, we get to renew our minds, present ourselves to the Lord renewed, and then we get to live the abundant life. Yeah. Let me me, uh, take us back two weeks. If you've been listening along, in this podcast, week one, when we talked about Sovereign Strong, we're discussing this idea of God our Father, and I, I pointed out, or I mentioned, that a lot of times our view of God the Father, we come into that relationship, honestly, regularly, when I talk with people, how their relationship is with their earthly father directly influences their perception of their heavenly father. Right. And as a dad, and Adam's a dad to be here in just what eight weeks, yes, sir, um, or less, um, give or take a couple weeks. But um, <laughs> that is a daunting responsibility. That that can be a very intimidating reality to live in as a dad. But this is what I would say: that's a perfect example of an agreement. Whatever your relationship is with your your earthly father, if you form perception 
of your heavenly father based on that relationship, that is an example of living in an agreement. Because the reality is you could be the best earthly father in the world and you're going to fall very, very short. Right. But if your child takes that, that view into their relationship with the heavenly father, they are going into relationship with the heavenly father with an incomplete agreement, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how great you are as a dad or your dad was, it still falls short. And so this is just a, a practical example that we talked about just two weeks ago of this idea of agreements. But obviously the most important agreement that you can make in your life is the agreement that Jesus Christ does love you, did come, did die for your sins to redeem your life, to save you and buy you back and restore your union with the Father. So that's like the most important agreement. What I would propose to be the second most important agreement is Uh-oh. the is, right. I know this is now we're getting into debatable territory, but in light of the name of this chapter and in light of this concept of a finished product, I think maybe it's not the second most, but it is very important for you to have a healthy agreement that God actually does have a finished product in mind for your life. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that, what is the point? Yeah, right. But when you believe God has a finished product in mind for your life. That gives you a reason to wake up and take action and change and read your Bible and be influenced every single day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and and the finished product is good. Right, right. (laughs) Because God is a good father, and he doesn't make anything bad. (laughs) His finished product, he never regrets. He's never like, wow, that that project didn't come out. I think I've done some things where I'm like, wow, that did not work how I wanted it to. Right. God doesn't ever make a mistake if we if we agree to walk with him and to follow in his plan for our life it turns out amazing. It's not easy like when said, you know, life isn't easy on this earth but the finished product is amazing. And I think of um, Ephesians 2:10 uh, where the word of God says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's good works that he has prepared for us, and the results will be good things in our lives, um, and that's spiritually and even physically. God wants to bless every part of your life. Um, he wants to be involved in every part of your life, and we get to make agreements to allow him in or to not allow him into to different areas of our life, and he gives us the free will to do that. Right, and this, um, this is such a great continuation of our conversation from last week when we talked about Psalm 37.4 and desires and how God will replace the desires. Because how do you attain the finished product he had in mind? You come under agreement that yeah. he has a finished product in mind, and then why in the world wouldn't you let him replace your petty, <laughs> natural, human desires with sure. holy, sanctified, Perfect. spiritual yeah. desires, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you see how... This builds on itself from when we when we agree that God is sovereign and greater and moving in all things, and that He has a He has uh, desires for our relationship with Him to grow. That then, by default, as our desires change, we become um, we become more like that finished product He had in mind, yeah. and it's just so life giving, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, there is, um, and there are so many things that we have. The opportunity to, to agree to, um, I like those first two about Christ and about our, our good Father, and then, and it, you can just read the Bible. I would just encourage you, as you spend time in the Word, to look at the Scripture and then look at yourself inwardly, not not in the mirror, but in reflect, right, 
and where am I not agreeing to what God says? And we get to have, we have the privilege of the power of Christ to break those agreements in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. The blood of Christ breaks that um, chain that the enemy had on us. And for example, if I agree, I just spoke a little bit with the youth. Um, If I agree in my heart that I can't hear God's voice, it's going to be really hard for me to hear his voice because I don't even believe I can. But right, because you're living inside an improper limitation that you're putting on your relationship. Right. Right. And then if I spend time in the word and I read John 10 and Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and I know them. Now I did just that. I looked at the scripture. Right. Then I look at myself. Well, I don't agree that I can hear him. Well, he told me that I can hear him if I'm his sheep, which is a follower of Jesus. Right. Now I have the opportunity to stop right there while I'm reading the Bible and say, Jesus, I repent for believing that you don't talk to me, and I agree that you speak to me. Right. I embrace this truth in Jesus' name. Right. And that there's a reality to that. Is it word? Does it seem like just words, an agreement? Yeah, I'm just saying this stuff out loud. But in the spiritual realm, there are things that shift. Yeah. When we shift these agreements and we start to come on into the truth, we just become that much more connected to heaven. And we receive more answers from our prayer. We receive more revelation of who God is because we're abiding in the truth, which is Christ. Right. And I would say this. Um, I think, uh, how do I want to frame this? Um, It's both. So Adam's talking about recognizing unhealthy agreements, reading the Word and recognizing healthy agreements. I think it's important for all of us as believers in Christ to realize we, we all need to do both things. We need to see where are my agreements off, and then this is not a point of condemnation or shame. We need to break those agreements through repentance and through trusting Jesus at his word. When we have done that, we make it possible to embrace. I think a lot of times, a, a lot of times people, that repent word makes us uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about here is literally how we came to salvation. Yeah. We recognized, we recognized a bad agreement that we didn't need a savior. Uh-huh. We broke that agreement in Jesus' name, and then we embraced the agreement that we need a savior to restore us to, to God the Father, mm-hmm. right? Why in the world, once we're saved, are we now opposed to this idea of recognize, repent, and then embrace new? Yeah, we, wow. You know, it should just be this continual, that's sanctification right there. It should just, yeah. just be this continuous, um, where am I missing it? Jesus, show me where I'm missing it. I repent in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Show me what I need to replace that agreement with, because we we live under the power of agreements. Yeah. And and to that point, Quint, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So exactly. when I, I mean coming to the Lord, I don't know how your walk was, and if you don't know Jesus, man, feel free to call the church, call Quint, and we would love to talk to you and and lead you to salvation into that. But it. It wasn't easy. I mean, right. I, we fight it for a long time, but God continues to prove his love for us. And so in the same way, um, I'll just use the same example. If I'm believing the lie that I don't hear God's voice, and indeed I've been walking with the Lord for however long and I haven't really heard his voice, it's not going to be the easiest thing to say, well, I break that agreement because it's not true, and I believe that I do hear God's voice if I never have. Right. But that, like I said, it doesn't mean it's not the truth. That's the power of the Word of God is it gives us that. 
it's the thing that we stand on. It's the light to our path and our the lamp to our feet. And when we, though hard, make the decision to say, I trust that your word is true, even if in my life it doesn't seem to be true or I haven't really seen it happen, I still believe it. That will change your life. I promise you the word of God transforms and it's by that repentance and that agreement to the truth. Right, right. And it's a good thing. It's the yeah. best thing, right? <laughs> it's a, it's like we talked last week. It's a freeing thing mm. to recognize these things, break them, and form new agreements. So I think that is, um, I don't know, I think that's just so important. That's why I wanted to talk about it this week because as we pursue this idea of a finished product, we will never attain we will fully attain that finished product when we are on the other side and we are fully restored to God. But our goal and our hope is to continuously pursue that finished product now. And so we will never do that or draw closer to that until we start breaking these agreements. And honestly, let me um, take it down a few levels here and give you some practical places you can apply this in your life because maybe it seems a little... Uh, I don't want to say out there, but maybe maybe it seems too big picture. What? Let me ask you these questions. What agreements do you have about worship? What agreements do you have about a Sunday morning worship experience and how important your participation or lack thereof is to the to the spiritual climate in the room? I'm I'm literally just asking these questions to give you things to think about. How important do you think? that is. Yeah. How important or, or what agreements do you have about the, this idea that worship isn't just music, but it is every act of your life seven days a week? Do you agree with that? Or does that sound like worship pastor speak hmm. who wants you to know it's not just four songs hmm. before a sermon? Again, just asking the question, and these are things I just preached on, so that's why they're fresh in my head, but how about this? What agreement do you have about the importance of spending time in the Word? Mm. Don't, don't answer with your hypothetical or theoretical answer. Answer with what does your schedule look like? And I'm convicted as I ask this question because I need to spend more time there. We all do, right? But ultimately, what are your disciplines say about your agreements. Yeah, and I think we have to know, we have to understand, I have to understand that the false agreements, the lies that I'm agreeing to or I have agreed to, they come from the enemy. Yes. They come from the person, the one who wants us to suffer forever, that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, like you mentioned in this chapter. And so we, we can... It's not that we're guiltless because we're partnering with a lie, but we can understand I'm not just filthy inside and I have all these bad things that I made up. No, there's there's a person, there's a there's a being, there's a whole darkness that wants us to agree with many things that are going to take away from our relationship with God, whether that's I'm going to sit down and worship because I don't think my voice is very good and it doesn't matter, or whatever we think. Is that me agreeing to that, or is that the enemy who wants to, at all costs, keep worship from going up to the Lord God Almighty? Right. So we get to, I want you to, to realize that, that you know, there's, a, there's an enemy of our soul, of your soul, and so how much more motivation for me, and I hope for you, it is to break those agreements to, with the enemy, with lies, the father of lies is what Satan is called, 
man, that's like, I'm, there's no question. Do I want to break an agreement with Satan that I've like shook hands with him? I'm like, yeah, worship isn't that important. Or, right. I don't right. really need to go to church. I'm shaking hands with the enemy and saying, you're right, not God. Right. Or do I say, uh-uh, I'm done with him. Right. I'm going to agree with what the Word of God says, that we should not forsake gathering together or that we need to worship with our lives every day. And when we do that, like I said, your life will begin to change, which is our heart's desire, I think. I want to become more like Christ. How do I do that? Here's a practical way. Agreements, find out which ones are false, break them, and believe the truth. Yeah, and that's such a good example. What is your agreement about the importance of church attendance in your life? And now listen, I don't even like saying it like that because it sounds... I don't even know what it just doesn't sound Maybe like being a part of a church community. Yeah, could be but a like better, the, the, body. the words church attendance don't sound very life giving. Mm-hmm. But let me let me say it in a more um, appropriate way. What do you believe? How important do you believe it is to your walk and your family's walk for you weekly at least to live inside community with other believers and challenge each other and grow together? Yeah, because. If, that's what we're talking. That's church attendance. Sounds like well, that is like, yeah, what we're talking about. So here. the agreement, if I, if you, or if I don't think church attendance or being a part of a church community, attending Sunday service regularly, if I don't agree, if I don't want to, if I don't believe that that's important, what agreement am I making? I am making the agreement that these other people they can't help me. That God won't use anybody else to impact me. I can get everything I need by myself in my house, and I right. can just. And if I would have made that agreement, I would have never joined a small group with Quint. Like we mentioned last week's podcast, I would right. have never had a life change of, wow, now I'm in my destiny. Why was I created? Is to reach these young hearts, to share the gospel, to minister the, the love of God. If I would have agreed, I don't need small group. Now, all of a sudden, I just blocked a blessing because I'm in a false agreement. If right. I break that, like now I'm in this beautiful life-giving body of Christ, this organism where we're all off of the head of the head of the body, which is Christ, and we get to just um, edify one another. Right. And so hopefully what you're picking up in this conversation and in this idea is that it is so much, you know, you might hear from stage your pastors or here on this podcast, your pastors saying, you should worship, you should this, you should, but it's not a you should, it's that you don't, we don't even fully grasp the goodness God has for us if we will just trust um, trust the guardrails he's asked us to live inside of, right? And so, I mean, that that would be my, that's how I would want to frame it to you so that it does come across life-giving. These are not like, man, it would really just help the church if you would, if you'd serve here, if you would do that. Like, no, it would really just potentially completely change your life right. if you would give your talent. I mean, one of my best friends was done with music and then she ended up, uh, her husband ended up signing her up, putting her on the worship team with me. Anyways, we became best friends. She's a full-time worship director now. You know what I mean? And she's been on the podcast before Ellen up in Jamestown. So the, the point is that like, we just don't know the goodness God has for us on the other side of our yes. But that's what this idea of agreements and a finished product are really talking about. If we will, if we will spend time breaking the bad agreements and, and reorienting ourselves to the ones that God wants us to live under and then actually living underneath them, 
I just believe and have seen in my life, the doors just blow wide open. Doors you never could have opened, mm-hmm. opened before you. And um, work you never could have done on your own, you're, you're entrusted to do, mm-hmm. right? And, and I mean, I could give you more practical questions, but we talked about what is your agreement about worship? What is your agreement about church attendance or participating in a community? What is your agreement about what you do with your finances, right? What, what is your agreement about um, how you lead your family, how yeah. actively you actually lead your family, um, mm-hmm. right? So you, can, you, you could ask, you and Jesus could sit with that question about any aspect of your life. Right. And I would encourage you to do that yes. because that is how you're going to break false agreements and come under healthy agreements. Yeah, and then it becomes... No longer checking the box and doing it. I have to go to church because my pastor said or because the Bible told me when you come into the agreement that it's life-giving and then you experience that, then you're like, why would I not do that? It would be foolish for me to isolate myself or to not worship the Lord. Right. When when I've worshiped the Lord, I've got touched by the love of God and I got freed from this depression or whatever testimony you are going to receive. Right. It starts with that agreement so that we can, like we said, we can see the other side. We can, on the other side of our yes, <laughs> there's goodness waiting because God is good and he's a rewarder of those who come to him in faith and believe that he wants to reward them. And so I would just encourage you not to do what we say or become like us or follow the rules. We encourage you to find abundant life in Jesus and Jesus is the word of God. So you find it in the word and living in that. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, to wrap up, I would just say it, when you read in the, the first couple chapters of Acts or all of Acts and you're reading about the early church, I think what you're really looking at is a group of believers who followed something called the way, because it didn't even have the name of Christianity yet. It was just called the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And what you're seeing is a group of devoted people. Uh, here we are in Acts 2.42. It says... Um, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. You are looking at a group of believers who lived with a common submission to agreements that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and they were going to live differently because of it. And so that's really what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, thank you so much for jumping in these last two weeks. This has been yeah. uh, super just good for me and really yeah. i hope good for everyone who yeah. hears these Praise things God, yes. um but very um very important things the boundaries of your relationship with jesus growing as we talked about last week the boundaries of your kingdom your role in the kingdom expanding and then just embracing this idea that god has a finished product in mind and the more we pursue that the more we will know that we are made able to do our role in the kingdom, mm-hmm. right? We are not able, but through him and through attain, through, through uh, pursuing that finished product, we are made able mm-hmm. through his graciousness. So anyways, a lot, a lot has been discussed here today, and obviously you can tell both of us are pretty uh, fired up by this mm-hmm. concept. If you have any questions at all, reach out to either of us. Uh, you can email bringitbook at gmail.com if you have any thoughts about this concept. That's probably the easiest way um, to to get involved in a conversation about uh, what we're discussing here. But really appreciate you doing this, Adam. I owe yeah. you lunch, so <laughs> we're going to go take care of that now. 
Um, and I hope this blessed you. Next week, we're going to get into this idea. Chapter four um, is called Journey Well. And uh, it's actually the first sermon I ever preached when I was just a part-time worship guy. I was asked to preach, and that was, uh, that was where that came from. So I'm excited to get into that. And actually, my wife is going to join for that conversation. So she um, is amazing and has a lot to add to the conversation. I'm excited uh, for her to jump on. But have a blessed week. I appreciate you tuning in to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast, and we will be back next Monday. Peace.